Episode 64. 64. The Bobbycast, no guest today. I want to share some stories with you. We're going to do about a half hour here. Uh, the Bobbycast brought to you by Sleep Number and Wagwalker, two things that are very near and dear to my heart. I'm going to talk about my trip to Haiti. I'll say this before I, I get into it. I, too, years ago, before Amy started going to Haiti, thought, man, there are a lot of people here in the United States that are poor. I still have a clue when I was a kid, really poor. Like, why are we worry about other people? I, I don't feel that way now. Amy's changed my perspective, and I, and even now, even more so, after going over there, my perspective changed. And not that anyone's value is more or less, but the whole, there are supposed to be borders with poverty is weird to me. Meaning, everyone's like, you know, I like to help people that are close. With that logic, if your neighbor was sick, three houses down, but your next door neighbor was sick. That means you would only help your next door neighbor first before you went to the one three houses down. I mean, who's closer to you matters apparently to people mostly. Like, hey, help help someone in your community. Don't you know? It's like St. Jude's in Memphis. So people go, bye, you know, just uh, help kids and you know wherever I am. And that's great. I think you should, but it shouldn't be an excuse not to help somewhere else. And it shouldn't be a reason for you to get angry at someone for helping somewhere wherever they go. It doesn't matter how far they are from you. It doesn't matter where they live. If they're 10 miles. Is someone 10 miles from you more important than someone 300 miles from you? That's a real question. And that's something that I've had to struggle and ask myself because I too was like, I want all my money to stay right here in my town. Help my people. But then you start to go out of town and, and it started for me. I started traveling around the United States and playing at hospitals all over the country and then playing at St. Jude in Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee. Radio show's not on there. I was like, oh, I mean... And I have I had no personal affiliation there until I went and realized that St. Jude was a place where everybody comes from all over the world for free. I was like, oh man, I didn't know this. I was just so uneducated. And um, I feel like I've been able to educate myself in, in a lot of ways. Again, I go play hospital in Boston. I go play hospital in Dallas. I play hospital. And I don't say like, look at all the hospitals I'm playing, but I'm just saying it doesn't really matter where people are. If people want to help someone else, like that's great that's it that's just great because they could help nobody people get mad at Amy all the time like why are you helping kids over in the why does it what if she helped no would you rather her help nobody so my perspective changed change over the years let me read a, a thing here uh, let's see oh sleep number you've heard me talk about my sleep number bed and how well I sleep my sleep number setting is 30 and my partner's is well Dusty doesn't have his it says here my partner's is. If I was married, I'm supposed to say what my partner's sleep number is. My dog just rolls in my sleep number. But they have introduced a new Sleep Number 360 smart bed designed to keep each of you effortlessly comfortable for the best possible sleep. Like all the beds, Sleep Number 360 smart beds let you choose your ideal firmness. They let you support each side of the bed and you move around and like air like automatically. It's called responsive air technology. Automatically adjusts to you. So also... Did you know that you fall asleep faster if your feet are gently warmed? Did you know that, Mike D? I didn't know that. Yep. The Sleep Number 360 bed can pre-warm each side of the bed. Which is right for both of you. Does your bed do that, Mike D? It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> That's right. My sleep number setting is 30. Right now, 360 smart bed. The only place you'll find it is Sleep Number Store. Great time. Lowest price of the season. Save five to 700 bucks. Five to 700 on their popular 2016 beds. Call 800-NEXT-BED to find one near you or sleepnumber.com to find a Sleep Number Store near you. And be sure to tell them that you heard it here. With me, Bobby Bones, and the Bobby Cast, and I do love the bed, and I have one right up thing. Speaking of beds, went to the orphanage. They have 
little mattresses, no pillows, no blankets. They just sleep on the straight up on the mattress. Sometimes sleep on the floor. Um, I know I get to that. I guess my point was at the very beginning of this. I don't have any notes or anything. Is that I would see people get angry at Amy first years ago, then at me later when I would help uh, hospitals that weren't in the town I was living in, or hospitals that people weren't in the town, or I would be like, man. Like, I used to think the same thing. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be mad at them. I would just be like, man, I wish you could see that humans just are human. You can help anybody. That's awesome. Like, there's not, there shouldn't be a line or a body of water that you cross, and all of a sudden, they're not as important. Or the further away they are, they're not as important. Like, distance makes them less important. And so, I credit one Amy first to opening my eyeballs to that. Absolutely. And secondly, a lot of great people that have said, hey, come to these hospitals. And so I've been lucky enough to do that. I've done it. I'm on, listen, I'm on the National Board of Musicians on Call, which is a fantastic organization. And um, obviously we do a lot with St. Jude. So I decide, let me just get to the guts of the story here after that little soapbox. I decide that weeks ago I was going to go to Haiti. And all the stuff you heard on the air over the past week was all just me stringing Amy into a bet, already having it planned. You knew that, right? I did. Okay. And I had to let a few people know I had to call my doctor because I had to get – I was like, what do I have to get? Shots of my penis? <laughs> like, what do I have to do? Because I was, I was scared. I, I was scared for many reasons. One, because they have to take medicine just to go there. And it's scary to take medicine just to go somewhere. There are many places in your life where you have to take a month prescription just to step foot on the land. And so it's like, yeah, it's, you have to take a month of malaria medicine. And I'm like, just to go there for a weekend? He's like, yeah. And so, again, it was important to Amy. So I was like, okay, because you can have crazy dreams. And, man, and I had to take it like the week before I went. And I'm still taking it. Crazy dreams. Cool. You and I have been naked about three of the last four nights, Mike. Dang. Yeah. A little more than usual. I know. <laughs> Not really. Just different scenarios. <laughs> so, um, I'll be serious. Uh, two and a half weeks or so ago, I said, okay, I'm going to Haiti. It was really the only weekend that I had off was this past weekend because I get back on the road and do some get back on the road doing stand up comedy get back on the road doing um, Raging Idiot stuff some and so I let my doctor know Mike knew and I think at the, that point that was just about it and Mary Mary my mm-hmm. friend who um, we do clothing together um, we do Pimma Joy together you know it's me her and Amy do Pimma Joy because um, she'd been there I needed somebody because Amy's husband couldn't go He's, he wasn't able to go and I would have taken, I would have went with Amy, but she told me on the air right as I was about to book the trip that she could not go back. She said the last time I left was the last time that I'm going to be able to go until we get our kids because they expected to get their kids rather soon. And she was like, I can't go back because they were devastated that they came and then left again. And so I was like, oh, whoa, that's cr- that's weird. So now I have to kind of go by myself, but I was still going to go. I was committed to going. Amy's been my best friend of my whole life. And so I'm like, all right, so. Mary from California flew to Atlanta and I was nervous. I was nervous for a whole week beforehand, but I knew I was going and I wanted to lure Amy into something. And I was like, so if I went, would you get a tattoo? She was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cause she knew I wasn't going to go, but secretly I was already planning. <laughs> and so she agrees and it's funny. I don't know what's going to happen there, but, um, I wanted to play music. I'm going to take my guitar and play with the orphanage for kids. And so I called uh, Nikita who 
is Australian, is a singer, songwriter in town. One of my really good friends. She plays in the Raging Idiot some. She opens for me on Stand Up Comedy X. Um, so I was like, hey, let's go to Haiti. And she was, she's from, you know, she's Australian. She's like, Haiti? Never been there. Okay. So then she was like, I gotta take medicine for a month. I was <laughs> like, yeah, I know. And so we, you know, our plan was to fly down Friday morning. Like, like the flight was like 9.30 or something. I was gonna have to leave the show a little bit early. And so, you know, sometimes if I have to leave early, then I'll record the last 30, 45 minutes of the show. And so I uh, recorded the last part of the show. I was ready to go. And then I, I got a note beforehand that said, uh, your, your flight's been canceled. I got a note that said, canceled, not delayed, canceled. And I was like, well, how is it canceled? Apparently some people got sick on the flight. And two people got sick. They couldn't fly it down to Atlanta. So my, that was the only option to get me there to get me to Haiti. Unless I took the one like an hour and a half before, which meant I had to record another hour and a half of the show really quickly. So I did. I got, Amy and I went in the studio. Bam, bam, bam. Knocked it out. Luckily, we had that dance party. We knocked out the show. Jumped in the car. Flat tire. Stuck. So I'm like, great. It's not a good. I already stepped in dog crap. <laughs> flat tire. Like, uh, Got to the airport. Couldn't get on that flight. So my normal flight was delayed like two and a half hours. Couldn't make it down to – I got on the next flight, made it down to Atlanta, but I missed my connector to Haiti, one flight into Haiti. So I had to spend the night in Atlanta uh, at a hotel in Atlanta. So what was going to be all day Friday, all day Saturday, turned into all day Saturday, all day Sunday. So we get to Port-au-Prince, which is in Haiti. And uh, I don't know what I was getting into. I've been to the Bahamas, different. And they're sim- they're kind of close. Bahamas are a lot closer, but it's like the Bahamas. And there's I was looking at the map because I didn't know where I was. Like I was there, and I really had no idea where I was on the map. So I'm like Googling the map, and it's like over the top of Cuba, which is past the Bahamas because mm-hmm. the Bahamas are right off Florida. And I've been to the Bahamas before. And um, I was looking at it, and um, we land, we get off the plane, and every, you, you had to wear covered shoes, and uh, we met security there. And Amy's husband had got a security because I was like, I don't care what it costs. I'll pay for security. I'm not, I don't want to get shot. I don't, I don't know what's happening. I was scared to death. And it was, it was mayhem. Is mayhem. It was the airport's like nothing. I mean, there's just people everywhere screaming, everywhere. Like you know, they're not even on lines. Like, ah! And I'm like, what's happening? And so I'm wide-eyed. They lost my bags, so I'm looking for my bag. Their, their bags just laying on the ground. Like they're just taking them and throwing them off the car onto the ground. And I'm like, man, this is like nothing I've ever been in before. So I'm already spooked a little bit. Grab the bag. Finally found my bag. Nikita finds her bag. We get into the the rental car. The roads there, they're not, they're not American roads. There aren't two lanes. Mm-hmm. They have holes in the middle of them. Yeah. They have huge drops. Like you think roads are bad in certain states because there's not enough taxes going into it. It's t- ten times worse than that here. Uh, and there are no uh, stop signs, no traffic lights. There are four ways. You just honk, 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 honk. You make sure everybody's looking. And you go through. And there are people standing out in the middle of the road always. It is weird. It's weird. Because um, I've never seen there be no rules like that. There are people outside of any kind of store. There's a guy with a shotgun. Went to the grocery store at one point. Two guys with a shotgun just standing right outside front of the store. Just uh, 12 gauge shotguns, pumps, just sitting there. Went in, bought some groceries, bought a bunch of stuff for the kids candy, cookies, stuff like that. Um, 
went to the orphanage for the first day and didn't really know what I was getting into again never been but you have to go up to the thing this big metal gate and they open it it's like threefold and the guy we're with is pretty well known around town he's like hey it's me so we go into the orphanage they shut that gate there's another gate you go to that gate it's to keep people from going in and like robbing the place because they make bread in there um so you go in and you, you get out of the truck and it's just kids everywhere not not even in a not like warm nice kids everywhere it's hot and it's obviously muggy there's no air conditioning there's no such thing as air conditioning mm-hmm. even their beds aren't there's no air conditioning ever and so a bunch of kids in every room they're like different age groups one room had like three, uh, you know babies to three year olds boys and girls but then once they got older they started to split and all this age you know different rooms different little buildings but all in a rather small area like three small buildings everything was was like that all the kids just wanted to be held everybody wanted to be held like they would just run up to you and just jump in your arms and at first you were like do they want something but what they wanted was just any sort of affection at all because they don't get it. They have a few nannies there that are watching. Amy said 70 kids. All I saw three nannies watching 70 kids. So there's, And another thing that I noticed was they had a bag. And the bags had candy and cookies. And, the, and they went into them. And we were like, boom. They were just grabbing, grabbing, grabbing. And I was like, oh, boy, here we go. And they started passing them out to each other. Again, these are kids that don't have anything. And instead of grabbing and like, stuffing it in their pockets or running away with it, they started making sure everybody had equal amounts immediately. Like, you have, 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 you have. And I was like, whoa, this is not like Western groups of kids. This is not like me. I was a kid. Like, at Oreos, I'll take seven. <laughs> and so they all equally passed, and, and it was a very much look out for each other type of society inside of it. Even playing basketball. They passed the ball. There were no ball hogs. There was no ball hog playing basketball. It was amazing. I was like, pass. They pass it right to me. I go, wow. Uh, so then I pass. We were all LeBron. Assist, assist, assist. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, they love iPhones. Like six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. They know how to use them. They don't have mirrors in the orphanage, so they never see themselves. So when you take a picture, they're like, oh, they see themselves in the picture. That's the only time they see each other. Like they see themselves by looking at a picture you took. So they're fascinated with pictures. And so we took a bunch of selfies. This is what we did so they could look at themselves and look and be like, oh, and laugh. Because there, I saw one mirror the entire time and it was adult height. You couldn't see it if you were a kid. And it was for like the um, person who was running the orphanage. So there are no mirrors there. Um, I don't know if I ever saw like a water fountain. I'm sure they have water somehow. I don't know. They kept us away from the water because the water was super clean there. Um... They shared the phones and the iPads because we all had our phones and we let the kids play with them. And they would play a game and when they would lose, they'd pass it to another kid. And I was like, this is incredible. I've never seen anything like this. They would play uh, Minecraft. No, I'll play it. Oh, pass it to another kid. Which means they're not getting it back. They would just pass it to another kid. It was the most unselfish thing I'd ever seen from 8-year-olds, from 11-year-olds. And they just wanted to play. They just wanted to be held. They wanted to. They loved music. We took our guitars and played music. And they knew when I grow up. Then they knew up, 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 up. And they would sing it. 
They loved to strum the guitar with their hands. They just loved any, anything um, where it felt like you were giving them attention. And so the first day came and went. And um, since we'd got there noonish, we didn't get to stay the whole time because they want you out of there by six. They, not out of there. They want you. If you're not from there, you need to be inside your wherever you're going to be by like six p.m. Is what they said. Six seven. We went to dinner. Um, we took security with us and head of the orphanage, and we saw Anderson Cooper at dinner. <laughs> Anderson Cooper walked in, which was crazy. And uh, we had dinner with um, Amy's kids and the head of the orphanage because since she wasn't there, he had to be there, which is fine with us. We just wanted to go. And her son dances like crazy. And it was, it was weird to me because I've only seen them in videos and pictures. They were real life. It was like seeing a celebrity. You've only seen them on TV forever, and finally you're like, whoa. Like John Hamm is in the airplane next <laughs> to me. Like, you know, Danny Galecki from is walking down the street <laughs> from Big Bang Theory, you know? It's what it felt like. Cause I've only seen them for years. I watched them grow up. Yeah. And now here they are. And so we go back to the second day. And by the second day, and I know a little bit of French, but French and French Creole are slightly different. So I had a kid translator who I could talk to other kids with. And I would be like, how do you say it? And he would say, and I would repeat. I knew numbers on Dottois. Uh, I knew um, general expressions, Bonsoir, bonjour, uh, goodbye. I know all the easy stuff. And so, but I had a little translator. We, I'd go around and talk to the kids, talk to the orphanage, they had the orphanage, and I was like, hey, how do you get kids? And he said, like, people used to drop them off the door. We would take them. He said, we're packed right now. We're full. Can't take any more kids. He said, but they have to go through the government now. So they go through the government, and the government feeds them over. And that's how they have kids. And they were maxed out. At whatever the number is, they were maxed out there. And so... Uh, the second day we went and we took a bunch of when I grew up t-shirts and markers and colored I posted some pictures on the ground and played ball and again they just liked to do things I know it sounds like it's nothing like what's a thing it's like to do anything anything that's not every day just sitting outside and uh, when I was leaving and it was really the only time that because the whole thing to me was just like wow I've never seen anything like this. I've never, I've never seen poverty at that level. I've seen poverty at a lot of levels. Myself when I was a kid, um, where well, I wouldn't always have three meals a day. We'd fake a meal at school sometimes because you just want to be the kid that didn't have a meal, especially in high school, like junior high mostly. High school I was working. But it's, it's nothing like this. They share clothes. They, it's like a, they get washed by the nannies and they just grab some clothes. They eat basically rice every day so there's no protein so it seems some of them are underdeveloped um it was just from someone who grew up in a pretty poor place this is a different level and in general they were happy and not happy because they had a lot happy because their attitude was it was just different than what we have. We're very much a me, 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 me society. And they're a let's all take care of each other. And they were, they, were, they were happy kids. Some kid fell down and started crying. Like seven kids went over to him to make sure he was okay. So I was like, whoa, this is not what happens in America. And so when I was leaving, it was the time when it hit me. Because I, I, I was like, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to try to stay as numb as possible. I know I'm going to see Amy's kids in the next month, two months, three months, whenever. So I'm going to meet them, and it was really for Amy. I owed it to her, and um, I was leaving, and I was like, "This sucks," because most of these kids will never have even the opportunity to have an opportunity. 
Like, I didn't have opportunities, but I had an opportunity to get an opportunity. Like, I, nothing was given to me. I grew up, you know, food stamps, welfare, whatever you want to say. Blah, wah. Didn't go to the dentist, didn't go to the doctor, wah, wah, wah. But I had a school, I had a, I had a literal public school with teachers, and if I wanted to, I could study, and I could learn, and I could then take an ACT, and I could study, and, and if I wanted to do good in the ACT, I could, and I did, and I wanted to go to college, and you take out loans, or you get scholarship, you do, and my parents, my mom didn't even know where I went to college, like, I just went, I just told her, I was like, hey, I'm going to, I'm leaving to go to college tomorrow, she was like, where are you going, and I told her, and I just left, that was it, but I had that opportunity to do that. I want to go to college. I want to study. I go to college and study. I want to get a job in my desired profession, which I go. Then I get a job in my desired profession. And they don't have that opportunity. They don't have the opportunity. They don't. They. They don't have the the even the most common basic things that we have. Most of them are gonna have the shot to have that. And when I was leaving, I felt terribly guilty. It was like, I'm gonna go back home and lay in my bed, and tomorrow night. I'll have it on Nick at Night watching TV Land. And, you know, for me, this was just a trip. To see, and this is their life. I was like, so yeah, it, it hit me. And I didn't want it to. And I tried to not make it hit me. But it did. Um, now I think it was the biggest part. There's very little opportunity even to create an opportunity for yourself. I believe in this country, a lot of people, and some people have to work harder than others to get the same. Some people have to work a lot harder than others to get the same thing. And, but you still have the shot at it. And so we don't have the shot over there. And it's, it sucks. And it takes so, so long to, to help these kids. So that was, I'm probably glossing over 100 stories because it's still fresh. I took a lot of pictures, videos. Posted them today. Some, I don't want to post too many. Amy was freaked out. She was. A, I, I talked to her after the show, and I was like, "Hey, you can't be mad at me for not taking you." And she wasn't, but I know she wished that she would have been there. But she told me in a complete moment of sanity that she did not want to go back because she couldn't. She could not go back. She didn't say that in an emotional part. She said, "I can't go back because it's not good for the kids, or it's not good for me." And because she said that, I didn't take her. And she, if she'd have been like really emotional when she said it, I would have went back to her and talked to her. But she was at a good point, and uh, yeah, that was it. So, I'll do this commercial here. Do you have anything you want to ask? Uh, like, what was the like the interaction you had with the kids, like talking to them? Well, there's a language barrier first, but they just want to hold your hand and hold your arm, and they want you to hold them if they're small, and they like candy. It's not like we're talking about outliers, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like any other kid, you know, your your language is basically affection and hugs and games and throwing a ball and that's what it is. And occasionally you you'd have a kid who could speak really good English for for that and they'd be like, Hey, what you know, what what are they saying? And then it'd always be something like, Hey, I wanna go and play ball or something. But yeah, there were, it was like it wasn't too different than young kids here. Because even though the language is different, listen, what do I know? What happened? Come on with a kid. <laughs> like, I'm always confused how to talk to kids, like six year olds. Like, we don't have anything in common. <laughs> what else, dude? Yeah. Hey, man. You good? You cool? 
Um, we're talk about Wagwalker for a second. Like, I love my dog. Came back. First thing I saw, my dog. Love that dog. If you love your dog, you have to even just check out Wagwalker. It's an on-demand app for getting a dog walker. Kind of like Uber for dog walkers. All you have to do is search Wag. And so here's how it works. So first of all, thoroughly vetted walkers. You get quality people, experienced dog. You can live GPS track your dog's walk. Notification when your dog pees or poops. Photo, report card summary after each walk. If you're home safe, walk distance, time, potty breaks, all that. And the best part, you don't have to be home. Like that's, for me, that's the best part. Wag sends you a free lockbox. Or you can leave an alternative home access instructions in the app and let your walker know how to get in. But you can leave a lockbox with code. They type the code. Boom, they come in and get your dog. And it's no pack or group walks. It's a must-have app. Wag. Just search Wag. It's a must-have app for every dog owner. Find in the app store. Search Wag Walking. Search Wag. You get your first Wag Walk for free by texting BONES to 25324. Text BONES to 25324, and Wag will send you a link. You download the app and get your first walk free. I love Wag Walkers. It saves me. I'll be at work extra late, and I'll wag, and they'll come walk the dog like from GPS. like Uber for dog walkers, for good walkers. Anyway, I love Wag Walk. Wag Walk or Wag. Search Wag. Any other questions, Mike? Did Amy's kids, like, know you? No. Not at all? Uh-uh. No, they knew Mary because she's been there a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, they warmed up to me really quickly, especially her son. For me, I don't know what to talk about to a girl anyway. Especially, at, like, a 10-year-old. So it was a lot easier for me to talk to a 6-year-old boy mm-hmm. than a 10-year-old girl. Uh, but there were two girls. And so I talked to her a little bit, and and she knew English a little bit. And so we would talk about little things, but I spent a lot of time with him because as a boy, it was just easier to play ball with boys. And I was really out. I felt like I was in their house, and I don't know. I don't want to do anything wrong in their eyes, mm-hmm. all any of them. Like I just felt like I was in their house, and I don't want to come. But yeah, um, now they didn't know, but they didn't care. And they just didn't. I mean, Amy's daughter like was like the leader. Grab stuff, pass it around. Grab stuff, pass it around. Amazing. Son was um, tiny, but pretty athletic to be so tiny. He he does look really small. Can yeah, he's really really (laughs) small. Uh, Can catch a ball and throw a ball pretty well. And I was like, wow, like you're a tiny little tot. But again, I think he's small because he hasn't developed yet. I think he's underdeveloped. I think he'll get bigger when he gets here. So, yeah, there's that. Anything else? I think, you know, a lot of people on the show were talking about going. I, leaving on, the scariest part for me was the airport on the way home, mm-hmm. trying to get out of there. Because landing, you just, you're already, you're there, and it's like you just got to get out of the airport. Going into the airport, you got to get all your stuff, and you got to get your tickets, you got to go. It was mayhem. <laughs> it was like something you see in a movie in another part of the world. I don't even know. There were like five counters, just people yelling, ah, like chickens running around, goats. I don't even know what was happening in the <laughs> airport. And we were like, oh my goodness, we were. N-. And we waited first. We were like, hey, and they were like, oh, um, you we'll need to call America, and make sure we have your tickets. So we waited for like an hour. We had to get there like two, three hours early, maybe three hours early. And so, got there, waited for like an hour at the desk, then went to. There's no seating. Really, in the uh, like food court, we have food court. It's mm-hmm. just a hallway with a couple of chairs. People sit on the floor everywhere. No air condition, no air condition. Doors are open, so everybody's miserable. It's a sauna in there. We wait in there for an hour and a half, and then they're like, "Okay, get in line." We got in line, waited for an hour, just stood up, 
and they go through and they check you, check your, you know, you're not, check, they go through every part of your bag, they check your body, everything. And then we got on a bus and got bussed all the way through the taxi, like beat up runway and got on an airplane, walked up the steps on a big plane. We weren't even at the airport anymore. I don't even know what was happening. <laughs> I was so happy to get on that airplane. Uh, yeah, it was, it was nuts. But I didn't go out into the city. I was there for two days, you know, the Saturday and Sunday. But yeah, it's really one of those things where you see things and you go, man, I was so ignorant before. Because I was the person that was like, I want to make sure my money's kept right here at home. And I think it's important to do that. Um, but I also think that to go, hey, why are you worried about somebody in China? Why are you worried about somebody in Ethiopia? Somebody's adopting from Uganda. Human beings, man. You go over there and you look them in the eyeballs. Your perspective will change completely. Only thing different about them is they were born in a different part of the world. That's it. That's it. And they could use help too. So, that's my experience. I'm sure. I mean, Amy had so many questions and she was like, I don't know where to start. But yeah, the whole hiding it from her was crazy. And I would leave her at little Easter eggs the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Anderson Cooper. And we're like, yeah. And I would, I told her, so I'm doing a, so my story to her was I have to go to Atlanta because I'm hosting an event for Dollar General. It's a big corporate event. And I was like, I have to go talk to Dollar General. I'm trying to convince them to, you know, hire me for this gig. And I'd already been hired, but it was my way to get down there. And I took my guitar. And she was like, why do you have your guitar? I was like, oh, I got to play some songs. They have to know I'm like all around performer. <laughs> and so I uh, went down and I even FaceTimed her as I was down there. I was, I was in a tank top. She said, what are you doing? I was like, ah, oh, dinner. I was in a tank top, beard, like my facial hair is growing out. She never thought anything about it. <laughs> and little things like, if you went to Anderson Cooper's Instagram, right when I said I saw him, he was in Port Prince Haiti. <laughs> so there were little things that I, I did um, and little things I said to Amy when I was back. She was like, oh, how did I put that together? Oh, and I knew she wouldn't. I hope she wouldn't. And I would text her pretty frequently, be like, hey, what up? And, you know, I saw you doing a jump rope on Instagram and to see if she'd be like, hey, well, by the way, are you in? So she never had any idea. Yeah. <laughs> and this morning when I played the audio back of me with the kids at the orphanage, she thought I just found some random kids in Atlanta. They were Haitian. And they were like, I, I guess in her mind, I just found some kids. And we're like, hey, you're Haitian like Amy's kids. Let's yell at Amy. <laughs> and she was so confused. And then when I played the clip of her son and she saw a picture on my phone of them, she started crying. And I... Yeah, it was, it was it was nuts. It was nuts. So, people wanted me to talk about it. That's that's kind of what I know. I don't really know a lot. I went. Would you go back? Yeah, I would go back. I'd go back with. I mean, I would go back with security again. <laughs> For sure, I'd go back with security again. But yeah, I would go back. It's just like there's just a lot of places that you see and they need help. And the reason that I went was because I have so many close friends that that's important to them. Like Amy, the closest of my friends. It's very important to her, and if it's important to somebody close to me, it's important to me. And I was selfish for not going. And, man, I'm Twitter, but it's like, oh, you're the best. I'm not. Amy's been 20 times. <laughs> you want to tell somebody they're the best, tell Amy. I didn't do crap. I did 120th of what she's done. So it was good. And uh, I, I'm not even going to say I encourage you to go there, because I don't. I encourage you to... Find somebody or something that can use your help. A block down the road. Get on the internet. 100 miles down the road. Somebody in another state. I wonder, you know, if somebody in Oklahoma 
less important than somebody in Arkansas. Arkansas is closer. I just don't like those rules. I want to hear people go, oh, I can't believe you're supporting. Why don't you keep it domestic? Mm-hmm. That was the big thing for a long It still is. Well, you adopt a kid. Well, she tried to adopt domestically. And if she hadn't, it's still none of your freaking business. Like, she's helping a human. And being good has no boundaries or time zones. You're helping out another human with heart and lungs and a mind. and So... Yeah, my admiration for Amy. If it could get any bigger, it did. So, anyway, there's that. The end. I don't know if that was a good story or not, but that was my trip there. I lost a tooth, got a flat tire, stepped in dog crap, lost my bags. Had to put up pictures of Atlanta, even though I wasn't in Atlanta. And then for a while, then I couldn't put up anything. And people were like, why are you have no Snapchats for a whole day? Why don't you have Vincent stories? And that's why I couldn't post anything from them there. So, uh, thank you very much. And that was uh, just a little something there, and I hope... Uh, you hear this and find your thing. Whatever your thing is, it's not money. It can be time. Time is more valuable than money a lot of times. So I hope you find your thing and I hope you uh, stay consistent with your thing. Make it a priority if you can. So thank you very much. And uh, tomorrow, Karen Fairchild from Little Big Town will be on. And I hope that was uh, something that you liked. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. Uh-huh.